All right, today we're in part seven of our series through the book of Psalms, and I kind of want to pick up where I left off last week, uh, talking about the fears that we face in life. You know, facing fears is a pretty common theme in the book of Psalms, and uh, so we're going to dig a little deeper into that topic today. Specifically, I want to talk about how do we turn fear into faith, and uh, it's, you know, uh, you know, I think it'll be a really helpful thing, especially if you're one of those that really struggles in this area. So just before we jump into the message, let's, let's ask God to speak to us today, if we would. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and God, we recognize your presence in this place. And uh, God, I pray that you would speak to us today through your word. Uh, Father, uh, we, we've come today to hear from you, not from me. And so God, I pray that as your word is read and as your sermon is preached, God, that you would speak to hearts. There may be someone here today that's really uh, dealing with fear or anxiety and struggling, and God, may this, uh, you know, may your words today, God, really speak comfort uh, to their hearts. Uh, God, may you help us to learn how to turn our fears into faith, and God, just to trust you even more. So, Lord, we just pray that your blessing would be added to the reading of your word today, and God, that you'd speak to us. And Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. So talking about fear, have you, have you ever had a fear where uh, it was just something that literally scared you to death, that, that, that when you faced this, you just kind of froze? For me, when I was a kid, it was standing on the end of a diving board. Um, I just can't dive. Couldn't dive then, can't dive now, you know? Uh, you could hold me by my feet, and I don't think I would land head first, you know? I'm going to find a way to get, get turned around. I don't know, something about, gra- I, I think gravity affects me uh, differently than other people, but uh, <laughs> it just really scares me to stand at the end of the diving board and, and do that. It just freaks me out. I, I just can't do it. It's some, what is something that kind of freaks you out, or what is something that is a fear that kind of freezes you? Anybody? Eggs? Oh, snakes. <laughs> yeah, watch those eggs, man. They'll get you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, snakes are of the devil. Yeah, no. <laughs> There's probably somebody here on this side that loves snakes. So, but yeah, snakes. What else? Open spaces. Heights. Oh, yeah. That, that's another one. You know, you get close to the edge and kind of freaks you out. There are a bunch of things that do this. <clears throat> I Googled this week to find out what are the top fears that people face today. I'm going to read you all. I'm going to read you five of the top 10. You know, the, the number one fear that people have is death. For some reason, people don't want to die. You know, maybe if they knew where they're going, they wouldn't feel so bad. Death, the dark, being assaulted. I thought this was interesting. Not going to heaven and fear of the unknown. Those are five of the top 10 fears that, that, that people face. And you know, Fear has a way of keeping us from being able to enjoy the abundant life that I believe God wants us to live. Uh, so many other kind of fears we didn't even mention yet. The, the fear of, of loss of love, you know, losing a loved one. Uh, some people fear losing their jobs or, or running out of money or uh, fear of embarrassment or ridicule. That's why the fear of public speaking is, is so big and fear of rejection and, and criticism you know, and if you're going to be a leader, you know, it's, you're, going to, you're going to face criticism and you're going to face rejection. And that's just something you're just going to have to deal with. But our fears can trigger all kinds of emotional responses. And sometimes they can be pretty intense, panic attacks, uh, phobias. Uh, it can trigger obsessive compulsive disorder, PTSD, uh, social anxiety disorder. There are so many different responses that we can have when we face these fears 
And so I just want you to know, it's a big issue today. Approximately 18% of people between the age of 18 and 54 in any given year have some form of anxiety disorder that they're facing. It, it's, it's a very real issue. So what is fear? Fear is a, is a response to a perceived threat. Um, and, and so anxiety, on the other hand, involves worrying about a threat that hasn't happened yet, but maybe it could happen, although it may never happen. Yet it triggers this, this fear that, well, what if it does happen? You know, fear can be a good thing. I mean, if you're in a dark parking garage late at night, it's a good thing for there to be a little anxiety because it heightens your awareness of your surroundings. It causes you to kind of look around and, and kind of make sure that everything uh, is fine. It's, it, you know, so part of it is it's a healthy emotion to a degree, but it can also, if it gets out of control, it, it can perpetuate other problems in life. It, it can go from being, you know, a mild issue to being something that paralyzes us uh, and that keeps us from being able to, some people even leave their house, for some people, you know, being able to take steps of faith and to, you know, uh, really attempt what they feel that they really want to do or what God may want them to do. Fear can undermine uh, our happiness and can hold us back from so many of the good things that I believe God wants us to do in life. So how do we turn our fear into faith? I want you to know there are many biblical examples of people who've done this, who've who've exercised faith in the face of fear. Uh, you think of Peter, you know, they're on the boat uh, and the storms are brewing and it's kind of crazy and Jesus is walking out and they think he's a ghost and, they, and they're like, hey, who are you? And he says, it's me. And, and, and Jesus says, come on out. And Peter faces his fears, throws his feet over the side of the boat and walks to Jesus. You know, it defied logic, but he overcame his fear. He used faith. Instead, uh, we're going to see in the life of David many times when in the face of fear, he exercised faith. You know, I can't imagine, I mean, you know, when he protected his flock against a bear and he went and delivered one of his sheep from a, a bear and then had to deliver a, a sheep out of the mouth of a lion. Can you even imagine can you imagine having to go and rescue a sheep out of the mouth of a lion? Can you, can, you, can you imagine how scary that must have been? And then, you know, then he faced Goliath, who was just a monster of a man. So there are many examples of people throughout Scripture who overcame their fear, who exercised faith. Um, so you know, we're going to look at that today. Fear is a universal emotion. We all have fears. You know, we're born with it. Uh, but did you know that when we're born, that we're only born with two natural fears? Uh, they've told us that uh, if you look at a baby, uh, babies only have two fears. Number one is the fear of falling, right? So if you hold a baby in your hand like this and kind of do this, not that I would ever do that, you know, but, <laughs> but it is kind of funny. Just saying, if you ever do, uh, you know, the fear of falling, their arms go like this. And then the fear of loud noises, right? You know, you clap or, you know, have a dad sneeze, right? Dad sneezes are off the charts with a loud and it scares the kids. So those are the only, everything else is learned. As we get older, we have two natural fears. You know what they are? Number one, the fear of falling. I've fallen and I can't get up, right? You know? And the fear of loud noises. Oops, was that me? <laughs> <laughs> So we face fears in life, and uh, 
we're going to see that God wants us to walk by faith and trust him. In, in Psalms, we see the life of David, and he was a man who knew fear. Uh, repeatedly, he mentions the fears that he faced, and, and he talked about how he often felt overwhelmed and terrified. And he had a good reason to be concerned. Uh, you know, we, I've already mentioned the fact he grew up as a, a shepherd boy, a young man out taking care of the flock. He faced the lion, he faced the bear, he, 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 he faced Goliath. And then God anointed through Samuel David to be the next king while Saul was still king. So Saul clearly didn't take that very well. So Saul, what did he do? Saul had fear and anxiety over the fact that David had been anointed to be the next king. So Saul decided that he was going to kill David. And so, you know, if you look at what he did, basically Saul, uh, you know, Saul put the entire force of, of his entire military out to track down David and to kill him. And, you know, it was not a fun thing to have everybody and their brother looking for you, searching for you, trying to kill you or to deliver you to the king. And so that was the nightmare of David's life. So how did he face such a terrible situation? How did he, how did he keep from losing his marbles when he was faced this? How did he even get a moment to rest? We're going to be in Psalm 56, and we're going to read a Psalm of David, Psalm 56, picking it up in verse 1. David says, be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me. What can mere mortals do to me, he says? Well, for starters, they could have killed him, right? Uh, they could have captured him. They could have tortured him. They could have imprisoned him. All in all, there was quite a bit that they could have done to him to make his life pretty miserable. But David's perspective was the fact that he recognized God's presence in his life. And so he said, what can they do to me that first hasn't been filtered through the hands of an almighty God? They can't do anything to me that God doesn't allow them to do. He wasn't acting machismo. He didn't deny the fact that this is a precarious situation. He didn't say, oh, it's no big deal. He did acknowledge the reality of the situation, but he also remembered the sovereignty of God. And we need to remember that God is sovereign, that God knows the number of hairs in your head. He knows the situation you're facing. He knows the fears that, that are triggering responses in your life. He knows what's going on, and he says, put your faith in me. Trust me. I've got this. In another psalm, David put it like this in Psalm 20, verse 6. He says, now this I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of of the Lord our God. Everybody else is saying, we need to trust our military, we need to trust the powers that be, and, and what's David saying? No, we're gonna trust in the name of the Lord our God. So let me ask you, when you consider the fear that you're facing, are you trusting God with it? 
Have you put it into God's hands? Have you said, you know what, God, whatever it is, I'm, I'm handing it to you. This thing is, is messing me up, God. This thing is triggering anxiety and fear in my life. And God, I'm just going to hand it to you. Because, fear is the, because faith is the antidote to fear. Faith, trust, belief in God. Corey Ten Boom said this, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Here's what you'll find. The more you know God, the more you'll learn that you can trust him. Because you'll see that he really does have your best interest in mind. He really does know you. He really does care. He really is involved in your life. Germany Kent wrote this, let your life reflect the faith you have in God. Fear nothing and pray about everything. Be strong, trust God's word, and trust the process. And I think that's part of the issue that we face is that, is that we, we expect answers immediately and we expect results now. And so often what you find is that God is a God of process. God is at work in the daily details. God is molding. God is shaping. God is, is working out the situation, not necessarily immediately resolving the situation. You just need to understand that there's a lot of stuff that goes on and God's working it all together for your good. So David trusted God and God protected David all the way to the place where he was put on the throne of Israel. Now, just because the path was difficult doesn't mean that it wasn't exactly what God wanted for David, because I think David learned a lot through the process. There have been many times that I've wished God would give me a shortcut through the challenges that I've faced in life, you know, uh, whether it be through sickness when, you know, my, the, the, both retinas detached in my eye and I couldn't see, when, you know, whether it was going through different difficult situations that I faced in life. We all want the, the shortcut. We want the fast path. But what you find is that, is that God is at work in the details. He's at work in the process. It takes faith. It takes trust. Often it involves pain. And many times there's risk involved. Hey, did you know that's part of the reason why we named Venture Church, Venture Church? Because of the fact it takes faith. That we wanted to do something that wasn't just gonna be ho-hum, you know, a typical, another, an ordinary. That we were going to attempt things that were gonna be big. We were gonna do things that others weren't doing. That we wanted to be a church that took risks, that walked by faith, and that trusted God. That's why we named it Venture Church. I believe that our faith is matured and our spiritual walk is deepened when we face our fears and we take steps of faith, even if they involve significant risk. We need trust. We need courage. Walking by faith and trusting God is not for the faint of heart. You know, If you look at the life of most of the disciples, they followed Jesus and it came at a cost. Most of them really faced some difficult challenges. Most of them, most of them were martyred. So I encourage you, have courage, have faith, trust in God in spite of your fears. Chuck Swindoll writes this. He said, courage is not limited to the battlefield or to the Indianapolis 500 or bravely catching a thief in your house. The real tests of courage are much deeper and much quieter. They're the inner tests, like remaining faithful when nobody's looking, like enduring pain when the room is empty, like standing alone when you're misunderstood. 
You know, our courage to move forward and face our fears doesn't come from self-confidence. It comes from the fact that we trust in the promises of God, that we believe his word. That's why reading his word, knowing his word, memorizing his word is so important because that's, that's where our faith is built. That's where we grow. We don't want our anxieties and our fears to hold us back. Paul said this in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which doesn't make sense, will guard your hearts and your what? Minds in Christ Jesus. What does he say here? He said, pray to me. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you're facing. Talk to me about your fears. Trust in me. What is anxiety? Anxiety is the body's physical response to a perceived fear. It can be that feeling that you get before the first day of school when you have difficulty sleeping and you're, you're just, you're anxious. The word anxiety comes from Latin word anxious, which means to choke or to squeeze or to feel tight. Anxiety triggers feelings of distress and, and unease. It leaves you feeling troubled. And then the way we respond to these feelings, often you know, it, it can involve restlessness or nervousness. It can trigger a rapid heart rate, uh, sweaty palms, a weakness, dizziness, nausea, sleeplessness. It triggers all kinds of physical responses as we allow anxiety to just trigger in our lives. Again, it's why so many people are just afraid to get up and speak publicly. Uh, it just triggers these kind of responses. Here's the thing, though. Some people feel these things all the time. There's no relief. Somebody who struggles with anxiety and has some of these, some of these uh, issues that deal with these, you know, these feelings are with them all the time. They're always feeling this way, and it's a really difficult and tough thing. Now, there are many underlying factors, many fears that we face, things that cause these anxieties to manifest. Wears many different masks, but ultimately it's the same condition. You know, fear, it, can, it really can be debilitating. It can just keep you from moving forward at all. It holds you back. It steals your joy. Keeps you really from enjoying the good things that God has in store for your life. Fear not only strikes individuals, it also strikes groups. It strikes nations. It struck this nation back in 1933. Perhaps one of the greatest fear, uh, quotes about fear of all time was given by Franklin D. Roosevelt at his first inaugural address. It was in 1933. It was in the middle of the Great Depression. He said this, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Sadly, fear is still paralyzing people today. 
It's very destructive. It can steal our hopes. It can steal our dreams. It can leave us feeling lost and alone. I just say that's not the life that God wants for you. It's not the life God wants for me. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you realize the fact that God has your back? God's got your back. He knows exactly what you're facing. That thing that took you by surprise did not surprise him. If you'll lean into him, pray to him, call out to him, cry out to him, you'll find that he comes to you. That his spirit, in a way that only God can do, just gives you a peace, the peace that passes all understanding, that doesn't make sense. Why, when I'm facing something so significant, so difficult, why do I have this overwhelming peace? Well, God's spirit will do that for us. Because God is greater than anything that you and I face in life. And that's what David learned. That's what David said. David wrote in Psalm 118, verse five, he says, in my anguish, so he had anguish. He says, in my anguish, I cried out to the Lord and he answered me by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do for me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. This is a man who's writing in the Psalms saying, here's what I've learned. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you can bank on. Here's what helped me. Here's what I did. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord. And he set me free. Maybe you're here today and you need to be set free from a spirit of fear, from anxiety. Our fears typically fall into four categories. Number one is the fear of loss. Fear that, oh, I'm going to lose somebody I love or I'm going to lose control. Or that I'm going to suffer a great financial loss. That I'm going to lose my health. I'm going to lose my freedom. And listen, loss is certainly a possibility. It happens. But so is victory. You might lose, but you know what? You might also gain you could embarrass yourself, but you also might impress yourself. So don't let fear keep you back from doing that which you want to do. Don't let the fear of losing outweigh the excitement of winning. You never win if you don't at least get into the game, if you don't try, if you don't step out in faith. Well, what if I lose? Yeah, but you might win. So go ahead and try it. Take that step of faith. Next is the fear of failure. Maybe there's some kind of a challenge that you're facing and there's something you'd like to do but you just haven't been able to do it or wouldn't do it. Or maybe there's a dream that God has placed in your heart and you would love to do it but you can just come up with 500 reasons why not to do it. Maybe there's some kind of an exciting adventure that you've always wanted to do but you just never do it because you're afraid it might not be successful. Well, Stop thinking that way. Start thinking maybe it will be successful. In fact, maybe it will be wildly successful. Maybe God will blow your mind. But you won't know if you don't take that step of faith. Peter stepped out of that boat and he walked on water. And 2,000 years later, we're still talking about him. 
Maybe you always wanted to start your own business, but the fear of failures kept you from pursuing your dream. Fear of failure plays out in our daily lives in many ways. You know, it doesn't even have to be big. Like, oh, well, you know, we're inviting some folks over and I'd like to, I'd really like to try this recipe, but I'm not gonna do it because what if it, what if it isn't good? So we'll just go back to the same old, same old. Or maybe it's making, you know, you'd like to do this presentation at work, but what if I fumble through my notes and so I just, I just won't do it? Or maybe I'd like to pursue some additional education, but I, maybe I'm getting too old, or maybe I wouldn't be able to pass the test, or maybe I wouldn't be able to write the papers anymore, so I guess I just won't do it. Or maybe there's you know, a new relationship that maybe you'd like to pursue, and maybe put yourself out there and start dating again, but you know what, you know, it probably isn't going to work, so I just, I just won't do it. What is it that's holding you back? Don't let fear paralyze you and keep you from doing and experiencing the abundant life that God has for you. If you want to start the business, start the business. If you want to go back to school, go back to school. Pursue the relationship, go for it. Take the first step. Fear of failure is when you allow fear to stop you from doing things that would keep you from achieving your dreams. Don't get to the end of your life with unfulfilled dreams because you never even tried. Third category is fear of rejection. What if people don't? like me. You know what I've learned in life? There are people who don't like you, so what? You know? You know? You probably don't like them either, you know? So don't let the fear of the fact that somebody might not like you keep you from doing what you feel like doing. What if she says no? What if she says yes? What if he doesn't think I'm pretty? What if he thinks you're beautiful? What if I ask my boss for a raise and he says no? Well, then say, well, okay. Is there something else that can be done here? You see, this need for approval in the Bible is called the fear of man. King Solomon warned in the book of Proverbs, he says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Listen, the reality is every person in this room deals with some form of insecurity. We all have something that triggers this fear of rejection to some degree, and there's nothing wrong with wanting people to like you. But don't let that keep you from attempting what God may be calling you to do. Don't become a people pleaser, fearing rejection or judgment or criticism, because that's the fear of man. And then the last fear I want to just mention briefly is the fear of the unknown. Some people just have this overwhelming dread of not knowing what's ahead. So they play out numerous negative scenarios in their mind. And this negative thinking can lead to all kinds of worst case scenarios and terrible possible outcomes. Is this mole cancerous? What if my boss fires me? What if I don't have enough money to retire? What if we're going into recession? What if the war in Ukraine goes to the next level? What if it becomes nuclear? What if we go into a recession and the markets crash and it hits my stock accounts? What, what are we gonna do? What am I gonna do? And you can begin to get fearful and you can begin to get this bunker mentality. And fears can just run 
rampant in your mind. But you find oftentimes these fears that run amok in our minds aren't from God. What did we say already? 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if you're dealing with fear and anxiety today, maybe God's spirit has kind of touched you this morning. How do you move forward? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to identify what it is you're afraid of. What is it? Get real specific in your life. What is it that's triggering a fear or anxiety in your life? Try to identify it. You can't deal with it until you identify it. And don't pretend that it doesn't exist. Name it. If you pretend it doesn't exist, it just becomes this elephant in the room that is always haunting you. This cloud that just hangs over you that you're not willing to talk about. So name it. Here's my fear. This is what's triggering anxiety in my life. And once you've named it, once once you identify it, then you can surrender it to God. Say, God, see that elephant right over there? See that thing? That thing has been plaguing me. It's been bothering me. It's been on my heels and I'm tired of it. God, I give that to you. I'm done dealing with it. That God, give me the strength. Give me the courage. Give me the wisdom. Give me the faith to defeat that giant in my life. See, that's what it means to replace fears with faith. Shannon Alder said this, fear is the glue that keeps you stuck. Faith is the solvent that sets you free. What fear has held you back, has bound you? What fear is it that's keeping you from doing what you believe God wants you to do? As Corey Tenboon said, trust your future, your unknown future to a known God. Get to know God. Read his word, study his word, learn who he is. Because trust is that antidote to fear. What you'll find is that when you do that, the peace of God will begin to work in your life. And it won't make sense, but it'll begin to trigger hope. It'll begin to build courage in your life. And once you begin to see God work on your behalf, all of a sudden you'll find that, you know what, that thing wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be, and that wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And turns out there's, you know, God really does care for me, and he does really know, and he really came through for me. So, bored in spite of your fears, just remember the fact that Jesus conquered everything on the cross. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere present, and he loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And throughout his word, he has told you, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear. Trust me. Put your faith in me. You'll find this inner peace that is found throughout scripture. Don't ignore or bury your worries. Take them to God in prayer and trust him. I 
love what Isaiah said, and I'll close with this. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Maybe if you're here this morning struggling with fear and anxiety and it's just overwhelming to you, maybe maybe that's just the message you need to hear today. Trust in God. Put your faith in him. Take that fear to him, name it, and then give it to God and move forward in faith. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word tells us what to do. God, you created us with these emotions. You created us with the ability to fear. Lord, uh, you know, fear is a healthy thing when it's in the right dose and when it's applied in the right situations. But God, like anything, it can become very destructive when it's out of control. And God, there may be some here this morning that are really dealing with fear and anxiety. And, and God, maybe David's word today as he tells his story, and we read it today, maybe it would speak, maybe it would speak to the hearts of someone here today. But God, I pray that even as I'm praying that there may be someone this morning that would just pray and say, God, I need your help. God, I pray that you would deliver me from the spirit of fear, that you would give me faith, that I would trust in you, that I would have the courage to walk by faith and step out and attempt, God, what you're calling me to do. So God, I pray that you would do a mighty work. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's all stand as we sing our final song this morning.